You are listening to the Nixon Now Podcast. I'm Jonathan Mavroidis. This is brought to you by the Nixon Foundation. We're broadcasting from the Richard Nixon Presidential Library in Yorba Linda, California. You can follow us on Twitter at Nixon Foundation or at nixonfoundation.org. On July 20th of this year, the Nixon Foundation commemorated the 50th anniversary of America's moonshot with AT&T at the Nixon Presidential Library with events all day on campus. The keynote was a discussion between three White House aides who witnessed President Nixon's historic phone call from the Oval Office to the Apollo 11 astronauts on the lunar surface. Also in the Oval Office that day was our next guest, a Secret Service agent detailed to the President. His name is David Nazaneski. He was a career agent and served 26 years in government service. David, welcome. Thank you. Uh, David, can you start off by telling us uh, your path to the White House Oval Office on July 20th, 1969? Certainly. Um, I um, started with the U.S. Secret Service uh, as a special agent. My original duties were more criminal investigative um, and assigned to the Washington uh, Field Division. And then a few years later, uh, was transferred to the White House and uh, performed duties that related to security of the president and uh, the White House and so on. What was the mood of America at that time in the late 1960s, particularly the mood uh, in the in the White House administration? Well, I can't I can't really talk to what the mood was like in the uh, administration, but I can tell you that. It was a very difficult time from my recollection, especially having lived in Washington uh, with the riots and, and so on uh, that occurred during that period. And certainly uh, very profoundly for the U.S. Secret Service, when uh, Robert Kennedy was assassinated, the Secret Service by presidential order was assigned to protect major presidential candidates. So uh, during the election period and, of course, in the late 60s, it was a very busy time, uh, really a crazy time uh, in some ways, very sad time um, during the uh, during the late '60s, from from my recollection. What was your first uh, day of detail in the Nixon White House? Well, I was when I was assigned to the White House. Uh, I was involved with the uh, more technical issues. Uh, the U.S. Secret Service has a technical security division, and that was the division I was assigned to. So my normal duties might be to uh, travel on a foreign or domestic uh, visit outside the White House, along with the Presidential Protective Division, uh, other, obviously, Secret Service agents. Uh, And I worked a number of functions in that capacity, uh, whether they be speeches that were given by the president in the Oval Office, um, events, presidential events in the East Room, uh, and so on. Uh, so I was my my duties were primarily in Washington, although I did travel some. What were some of the um, you know significant trips or events at the White House that you've that you've witnessed? Oh well, that's <laughs> that's difficult to summarize. That um, it was a very busy period. I mean, I I made a number of presidential trips. Um, I did go on the trip to um, to Russia, Iran. Um, and so on, Poland, uh, and um, certainly a number of uh, visits around the United States that the president made. Could you describe the, it's July 20th, 1969. Could you describe the sort of the activity um, that day around the, around the moon landing, uh, specifically, you know, the, the White House staff and, and, and the president, the president himself? 
Well, it was it was obviously a very busy day. Certainly, uh, uh, everyone knew that you know we were about to witness um, hopefully the uh, landing on the moon, and um, you know certainly that was paramount. Um, the, the White House was buzzing from from my perspective. Um, I was focused because I wasn't there toward the afternoon. My recollection is that I didn't actually get to work until late in the afternoon on the 20th, and my responsibility that day. Uh, was, um, like any time there would be activity in the Oval Office, um, I was assigned to provide, um, in effect, a safe and secure environment for the president in the Oval Office uh, during that evening. The reason specifically because technicians, communications people, uh, large equipment, cameras, which at that time um, cameras were, were huge, not small like they are today, um, so I was there to to be involved with that to escort them to make sure that um, that we could maintain a secure environment. And I was there uh, that evening um, until uh, after the call. In fact, um, at least my rec- I recall at least an hour after the call, which I think was beyond midnight. Could you describe what goes into the whole setup of the Oval Office and specifically uh, your role and? Um, uh, creating a secure environment where that telephone call uh, would take place. I mean, what particular threats could there be uh, during an, during an event like this? Well, it's hard to, to, to say what specific threats there, there might have been. Um, but wherever the president goes, the Secret Service maintains a secure environment. Um, and what goes in, uh, what comes out, especially when people from the outside, now normally when visitors are in there, it's a different situation, but when technical equipment, cameras, wires are being set up and whatnot, uh, then it becomes particularly important for the Secret Service to surveil the activity, to escort the activity, to make sure the people that are in there are authorized and to make sure uh, what they're doing is authorized. Uh, that was a very busy night because you really had uh, from uh, two different uh, two different responsibilities, um, you had the media uh, folks that were in their technicians setting up the cameras and, and so on uh, to, to film it all. But you also had the uh, White House Communications Agency officer, uh, we call them WACA, White House Communications Agency for short, um, to set up the actual telephone that was going to be used, the communication device that was going to be used by the president to make this call. So it was very busy. It was, there were a number of people in there. There was a lot of activity. Uh, occasionally, staff members would would pop in to look uh, to see what was going on and leave and so on. Was there security? Was there any security involving the phone itself that President Nixon would use to make the call? Well, I I can only say that um, the um, I recall during the early evening the president stopped in to see uh, how it was going to be set up and so on. Uh, I my recollection is that the um, there was some discussion about using the president's phone, which was the typical large multi-button phone you would expect to see on a chief executive's desk, uh, wanting to have a smaller, normal um, uh, phone that, that would be used. And in fact, um, the White House communications agency officer that was responsible for the, the call brought in a telephone and wiring and so on. Um, and uh, so I think it was just a normal phone being brought in. 
um, and then uh, wired it up. And I, I recall uh, specifically that um, this was not a telephone call in the traditional sense in that um, you would pick up the phone and make the call. This was being done by satellite through Houston. So the technology was different. The, the phone uh, was used. And I, I, I remember that the, um, and this is not my lane, but I remember that the impedance or something in the mouthpiece was not going to be appropriate. And that was removed. And another one was, was put in uh, that was more uh, technologically um conducive to, to the type of call. Um, and, um, and then of course we all know about the, the telephone call, um, and, uh, the security of the phone afterward is an interesting discussion because, uh, when it was, uh, the phone call was over, the president left the office. Um, of course the media was in there, the press traveling press pool, um, and the photographers, um, they all left. Now they were the technicians were just disassembling everything. And I remember the phone uh, being disassembled, uh, the wiring being pulled and being put in a box. I recalled at the time, um, where, where's the phone going? You know, I, I mean, certainly I, it was obvious to me that the phone had incredible historical importance. And um, the uh, White House communications officer uh, said that, um, well, it'll go back to M Street. Well, M Street uh, at that time was the repository for all the technical equipment for the communications agency, um, and their their command structure uh, was located over there. And I said, on the shelf? And he looked at me and, well, it's going back to M Street. So realizing the importance, um, I remembered because of my experience as a criminal investigator, and chain of custody. Um, and it really, it, it amazes me today that I even thought about it at the time, but my thought, well, some years ahead, how will we know that that was the phone? Um, and uh, I recall getting a paper clip and um, scratching my initials uh, on the phone. And, um, and then it went in the box and back to the communications agency. And that's the last I saw of it. So I'm not really sure as for security, I'm not sure where it went or um, how it was handled after that until it was ultimately um, turned over to the Nixon Library, I believe, in the National Archives through the Nixon family. Can you describe um, how President Nixon entered the Oval Office uh, that day? What, in particular, what was his mood? And could you just describe the overall atmosphere of, of how he came to the Oval Office desk to make that phone call? Well, everyone was very focused on their responsibilities, and I think it was so important that clearly, regardless of the event, um, everyone wanted to make sure that this went absolutely perfectly. Um, I, I recall the president coming in uh, that evening, having been around him some, uh, certainly not nearly as much as some agents had traveled with him uh, all the time. Um, he was very, very animated from, from my perspective. He was um, uh, clearly understood the history of the moment, uh, and as president, was um, very seemed to me to be very excited. He was very vocal. Um, I do remember that um, when they were about to uh, plant the flag, I recall him saying, "Plant the flag, plant the flag," 
uh, he was very animated at that time. Did um, did he say anything? Um, you had mentioned he said plant the flag, but did he, did he say anything in particular before the before the call started? Well, I'm sure he did. I'm I'm not sure that I recall exactly what he said. You know, there was certainly some interaction between he um, and some of the media in the room and uh, some informal chatter up, um, uh, with the um, with the staff. Uh, but no, I, I really couldn't, uh, say exactly what was said. I do, I do know there was some informal chatter and so on, um, be, you know, before the call was, was actually made. The call ends. Um, what happens, what happens afterward? Where does, you know, where does everybody go? Well, again, um, slowly, but surely everyone left the office. Uh, I remember, and again, you know, I, I, I didn't look back to see, um, exactly what the times were, but if I think back, um, it was um, somewhere around eight o'clock in the evening uh, when they actually landed on the moon, set foot on the moon, and um, and then um, of course when they actually made the the steps on the moon and planted the flag, and then the president's phone call uh, was much later, and I think it was just before midnight, if I recall. But I remember being in there until well after midnight because um, after the call was made, the president left, staff left, um, the reporters left, and uh, the only thing left in there was the equipment, the technicians, myself, uh, and um, a couple of others from the White House Communications Agency. And then it was a very quiet place. Um, Reflecting back on the moment uh, after midnight, I did think to myself, my goodness, um, I just I just observed the president of the United States make a telephone call to the moon. So it, it you know I wasn't lost myself on the incredible historical significance um, of the evening. But I must say it was um, every event that I worked with the president um, is an incredibly important moment, regardless of what it is. And so I was working and focused on that. But like I said, it was afterward that um, when I um, reflected back on the evening, yeah, it was, it, I, I wasn't lost on the fact that this was an incredible moment in history. Our guest today is David Nozneski, a career Secret Service agent who witnessed President Nixon's historic phone call to the moon from the Oval Office. David, thank you so much for joining us. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. Please check back for future podcasts at nixonfoundation.org or on your favorite podcast app. This is Jonathan Mavroides in your Belinda. 